welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, crowdsourcing to fill a local funding void. It's figuring out how do we unlock and either educate and help investors understand the nature of tech and the need for more risk tolerance or uh, reach out and just find more people who already understand. How can it be that in one of the wealthiest communities in the United States, where we have more millionaires than anywhere else in the country, how can it be it is so difficult for startups to raise growth capital? Kevin Morgan is director of tech sector and retention for the Washington, D.C. Economic Partnership, and this is an issue that he's working really hard. We're here to get an idea of what he's thinking and how he'd like the D.C. tech community to rally to this cause. Kevin, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, you are in the middle of it. I think, uh, you know, you're in regular contact with scores of startup and grow-up CEOs, uh, Gazelle growth company CEOs. This capital funding void, wh what are you seeing and, and what do you think we need to be doing about it? Sure. So over the last 12 months, I've probably spoken to, and this is my job to reach out and talk to DC-based tech executives, figure out what's working, what's not, what needs to be improved. And that's the small companies on up to several billion dollars in valuation companies. So it's the whole game, uh, runs the gamut. The big issue that keeps coming up in terms of funding is that there's a gap after the friends and family to the pre-series. So anywhere from 200,000 on up to a million three, five. And that's, that's an area where we have unlocked potential in terms of investing. And so it's, it's a discussion and an idea or a, a just trying to figure out how to fill that gap and find the investors willing to step up there. What's interesting to me, Kevin, is that this issue you've talked about, this this void, you know, I started my career down here in the late 90s, in the middle of the internet bubble, having cut my teeth out in the valley, Silicon Valley and, and so forth. And this mark is just different. You know, there's much less tolerance for startup risk than the investors. Is it, but I've been here. Is that what you see? So it is. And that's what I call East Coast entrepreneurship or East Coast investment versus West Coast, kind of painting broad pictures. West Coast, uh, more risk tolerant scale quickly, get to market and gain market share. On the East Coast, what we see is a little more conservative, a little more risk averse and looking very much at business fundamentals, profitability, revenue, and how quickly can they return value on the investment of the investors. And so it's that's what we're seeing. And so it's figuring out how do we unlock and either educate and help investors understand the nature of tech and the need for more risk tolerance or uh, reach out and just find more people who already understand. I wonder if in some ways uh, it's indicative and reflective of the way people make their money here. And I mentioned in the the lead-in, there are more millionaires here than any place in the country, uh, statistically. And But most of the people, most, not all, because we have our, our software and life science millionaires and gazillionaires, but most people that become wealthy here, it happens through service-related businesses, government contracting, media is really big here, uh, advertising real estate. And these are all industries that you very much become successful by managing margins, right? And and, and managing headcount and so forth. Do you think that people who become wealthy that way just aren't attuned to the, the, the high variability of outcome of a product, software product startup? I think that's it. I think that's a, a big part of what's going on. It's just not being familiar with this market and how it acts and reacts and what really the focus is in terms of needing to take a little bit more of a risk and invest in an early stage and understanding how that works. Um, I think that's a, that's a big part of it. 
So one of the things that I've been in the middle of and scratched my head sometimes about is, is what's the role of government here? You know, when you look at Maryland where you've got Ted Coe, or you look at Virginia with the GAP Fund and, and D.C., the government has had digital funds and so forth. Where do you see government play this vis-a-vis uh, -vis the private sector? How do we how do we catalyze this stuff? So I'm not sure it's the role of government to pick the winners and losers. I'd agree with that. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I think what the government has the ability to do is not necessarily even play a coordinating, but create the business environment where the coordination, where the contacts can happen. Um, that's a big piece of it. And then to create a business environment where those companies can scale and grow. Um, I know in the past we've seen where government has picked or made significant investments in certain areas or the other. Um, and I know Virginia and Maryland do that. My feeling is over time, the market will decide who's successful and not. Mm. And I think DC is doing a, a good job of creating the environment for, again, not just normal tech uh, or regular tech companies, but also an inclusive environment in terms of a uh, wider variety of founders and entrepreneurs as well. What do we have to do as a community right now to help you figure out this mystery? So one is, and what this conversation that you and I are having is about crowdsourcing. What are the, what do your listeners think? What is the opportunity? Uh, we have ideas, um, engage in one of the things we've talked about and considered, and you and I were discussing this is, one, is it an issue of educating some of these potential investors who, again, may not have invested previously, maybe want to invest in tech, just don't know how to enter? Is it about uh, engaging them? Is it creating that angel community or investor network of, I don't want to call them non-traditional, but how about untapped uh, investment and capital? So do you have an email or a Twitter handle you want people to send ideas to? Yeah, I have an email, which is kmorgan, it's the letter K-M-O-R-G-A-N, at wdcep.com. It's also on our website, wdcep.com. Well, I'll make a commitment to you right now that uh, if you want, I'm happy to work with you on putting an event together and getting some folks together in a room. And let's see what people say after you get some of these emails. Let's figure this out. That'd be that'd be fantastic. We have a executive roundtable coming up and we'll do that regularly. And those are with the high level executives. And I'd love to work with you on this so we can bring some of that feedback and some of your listeners and other your community and start discussing this as, a, as an entire community and not just one or two uh, one or two groups. What we're really talking about, Kevin, is there's a, a donut hole in our market. There's plenty of capital to expand, you know, find the 10, 20, 30, 40 million dollars to grow. I mean, you look at EverFi raising almost 200 million dollars and there's 200,000, 300,000 dollars here and there for startups. This donut hole in Silicon Valley, in New York, Boston, that donut hole is filled by institutional capital we call venture capitalists. Is that is that what's lacking here? That's where the gap, that's a, the gap and the opportunity. That's exactly right. It's that, again, it's that pre-series round, a little bit smaller, 200 to one, three, and five. And how do we unlock that? That, I believe, we have a lot of great startups, a lot of great ideas, a lot of people getting friends and family rounds. If we can unlock and add value in where the hole of that donut is, that, I think, is where we springboard and accelerate the entire tech ecosystem in D.C. Getting things done and what's working in Washington. Kevin, I look forward to working with you. Kevin Morgan, Director of Tech Sector and Retention for the Washington, D.C. Economic Partnership. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to What's Working in Washington. A special thanks to our sponsor, Eagle Bank. How do you get to be number one in the D.C. area? Eagle Bank did it by putting relationships first. 
They're flexible, involved, responsive, strong, and trusted. Eagle Bank's goal is your success. Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan. Our online writer is Barbara Ulrich. Music provided by two D.C. region bands, Two Car Living Room, and The Sunbathers. And let us know who you think we should be talking to on the show. Tweet us at at What's Working DC. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for listening. <laughs>